What is going on, my podcast listeners? It's your host, Rafael Machevsky, and we are going to get right into it. No time to lallygag, as they say. And we are going to talk about knee pain today because I did a bunch of little short YouTube shorts um, about this topic. And I was like, you know what? I might as well just do one long episode about knee pain and how I view it at this point. And I'm also going to do this kind of like a case study because I had an assessment with a guy um, recently and came in with knee pain. And I thought it was really interesting how I connected all the dots together uh, for this individual of why he's experiencing knee pain. Number one, right away, if you don't uh, follow me on YouTube and you're not subscribed, I highly recommend it. I've been posting probably three times as much info and videos on there compared to any other social platform because I really want to get monetized and grow that thing. So highly recommend you do that. So knee pain, number one. The first step that you should do when dealing with knee pain is go see a physio, chiro, athletic therapist, or some sort of medical professional. Because I kind of get on this rant about this topic because as a personal trainer, every single person will ask us um, anything to do with pain before they actually seek any kind of medical help which is crazy to me because there's a lot of trainers out there. They're like, oh yeah, I can totally help you if you have knee pain, shoulder pain, this low back injury, whatever it is. And, you know, sometimes you can get away with it. And like, yeah, maybe exercise and a couple mobility things are all you need and you're good to go. But the other times, there's times where trainers will make people worse with their knee, shoulder, low back pain. So step one is go see a medical professional like a chiro-physio. Step two is actual working on the issue. So now that you're cleared for exercise and it's not an actual like, oh, you tore your MCL, your ACL, PCL, you, you know, tore your meniscus, whatever it is, like all those things have been ruled out. The number one thing that I always check on an individual in an assessment is their hip mobility. When your hips don't move enough and they're limited in range of motion and you're doing a lower body exercise like a squat, a lunge, a deadlift, whatever it is, and everyday activities, knees tend to take the grunt of the work and it gets worse. So over time, that wear and tear will make the knee worse and now you're presented with knee pain. So a lot of times I just work with an individual and give them more hip mobility and more active control and more active um, end range training of their hips and the knee pain kind of just goes away. And we didn't do any kind of intervention at the knee itself. The second point to this is also ankle mobility. A lot of times when I do an assessment of someone, they have really limited ankle mobility. 
and when the ankle doesn't have enough room for it to move into dorsiflexion, meaning your knee going towards your toes, more pressure is going to be put onto the front of the knee, causing irritation and further pissing it off, and now we have pain again. The third aspect to this, and I want to rush through this so we can talk about this particular client of mine, um, is tibial rotation. So your shin bone in your leg actually rotates within the knee joint. And a lot of people, when they see this and understand this for the first time, they're like, holy shit, I never knew my knee can rotate. Your knee does more than flexion and extension, so bending and extending. So a lot of times when people have knee pain, it's either the opposite side of the knee pain that has um, less tibial rotation, so it ends up overloading the side that um, has more, or vice versa. So if the tibia doesn't rotate properly, then again, there's another contributing factor to... Um, knee pain. Now, most of the time when people come in with me for an assessment and they're getting assessed by me doing a functional range assessment, I see this individual with poor hip mobility, poor ankle mobility, and poor tibial rotation. And they're like dumbfounded that they have no idea why they're dealing with low um, knee pain. And I'm like, you have shit that supports knee function that doesn't move at all. So like, what do you expect? So those are usually the culprits when it comes to knee pain and obviously like past medical history because that also pops up. So, and I'm going to throw a fourth one. It's also related to your foot and this is where I'm going to get into with this client of mine. So this individual came in dealing with uh, knee pain. They've had a history of knee pain over the last 10 years. They tore their meniscus once, got it repaired, and then tore it again. And basically the surgeon said like, you know, it is what it is. It's always gonna be an issue, which is fucking stupid. But once you understand that you can actually train connective tissue and get it stronger, you can do a lot. So if you're an individual dealing with a meniscus, ACL, whatever it is, there are a lot of options out there for you from a kin stretch point of uh, perspective to actually improve the connective tissue around your knee to make it strong and resilient. So this particular individual had knee pain on this right side. When I assessed this person's hips, their right hip had a lot more range of motion than their left. Their left was super stiff. And that is super important when it comes to knee pain. When I see an asymmetry in hip mobility where one side is better than the other, now I understand that when this person squats or lunges, the left side of their body that has less range of motion is going to favor the side of the hip, in this case the right side, that has more. But because there's a shift happening at the pelvis, there's going to be now more strain placed within the knee. 
Now imagine this individual back squatting 225 for reps that has that shift in the pelvis that torques onto the knee over and over again. That's going to cause irritation. Then I move down to their um, tibia and on the side that uh, knee pain was present, they had a lot of passive range of motion, but not a lot of active. They didn't really understand how to move their tibia actively. And that happens sometimes. It's like I can take someone through a range of motion test and they have all the range in the world, but when you ask them to actually move into that range, one, they can't get all there all the way, or they actually have no idea how to move it. So I almost had to teach this individual how to move their knee. And that's another thing to understand is that the moment you injure something, your body does everything in its power to shut off the area to protect it. And, you know, that's a really good mechanism for our body to have when it comes to healing. But after a while, you have to reintroduce movement to that area to teach it again. And I actually recently had a post about this um, online that, you know, tissues heal over time, but muscles remember that pattern of protection. So if you don't give the feedback to your body to relearn patterns of how to move pain-free, then it's going to cause more problems and solutions. So moving down, um, this individual had decent ankle mobility, but the pathway of where the ankle goes into dorsiflexion was limited, and also there was like a neurological tightness within the quad because when I push the person's foot into dorsiflexion I also look at their quad and what they're doing and as I'm getting into their end range the whole quad starts seizing up and I'm like that is a protective mechanism like you haven't taught your body how to ease off on those triggers and then I moved on to the feet and this is why this is super important looking at this person's foot the right side compared to the left side was flat-footed and I'm like you have on your right side where your knee hurts a flat foot so meaning every time you take a step and I'm not talking about running jumping squatting your arch is collapsed you don't have an arch so when you think about when an arch collapse collapses everything follows so the next thing that's going to fall into that is the ankle and then following that is the knee so this individual's knee would always cave in for every step every lunge every squat every daily activity that requires you to bend down or whatever it is and this person's knee pain was primarily on the inside of the knee So now things are starting to piece together. And then on top of that, this person also had a bunion forming at their foot on the big toe. And once you understand bunions of how it kind of molds to your foot, 
it's really difficult to regain access and control of that big toe. So then the next thing I tested was big toe dorsiflexion. Didn't have a lot, it was just jammed up. Actively, couldn't even lift it up. So now this person has a foot that does not function at all and it's asking its entire body, which is a connection from the ground up, to do active things that require all the things that this person doesn't have. So when I started explaining and connecting all the dots to this individual, they were like, holy shit, like, I got some work to do. And I'm like, yeah, and most people do. It's just you got to the end point of, you know, pain a little faster than somebody else. So knee pain is rarely due to the actual knee itself unless it had some blunt, blunt like trauma where, I don't know, like someone drove into your fucking knee and like you got hurt. But there's a lot of influencing factors for someone's knee to start hurting. And maybe I'll do a part two of like what I would do if someone like this individual that I kind of use as a case study from an exercise point of view. But, you know, treatment will only get you so far. And this is what I always try to, you know, um, get across with clients and patients that I see in the clinic is the moment you see a chiro physio for an acute injury, like you touch the area and you're like, fuck, that hurts. You try to move in that area, fuck, that hurts. The moment the chiro or physio, massage, whatever, takes you out of that acute phase, most people are like, yeah, I'm done. I'm ready to go. I can now go back to my life. That is just the beginning. Now you need to strengthen the area, teach the area how to move again, because what I kind of mentioned earlier, your body shuts down the area, meaning the connection between your brain and muscles, tendons, and ligaments to produce movement is very, very poor. It's like, imagine me putting your wrist in a cast for three months, not letting it move at all, taking off that cast and expecting you to have full control of your wrist. You'd be like, no, there's no way. Injury is the same way. Just because you don't have a cast on your knee, elbow, doesn't mean that you like have lost control of that segment. So when people get out of that acute phase, now the real work becomes so important, but most people don't get there. That's why so many people go, oh, I saw a chiro or a physio, saw him for a bunch of sessions, and it didn't really do anything. You know, when they first went there for that Feel free to reach out. I'm more than happy to help. And that's it for me, you guys. Until next time.